Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to an all new season of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. This season, we dive into the most horrific unsolved murders in history. From the Black Dahlia murder to the unsolved murder of the Lady of the Dunes. Join us every Tuesday on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. And welcome to an all new season of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lace, and today we're diving into the unsolved murder of the Black Dahlia. The Black Dahlia murder is one of the most famous Hollywood murder cases in history. To this day, it is one of the most talked about and speculated cases in American history. Its legacy, almost 80 years after, it is still labeled as one of the cruelest and culturally lasting crimes in American history. Time Magazine has classified it as one of the most notorious unsolved cases in the world. The Black Dahlia murder has spawned thousands of books, podcasts, including this one, documentaries, and films. Among them include Brian De Palma's movie, The Black Dahlia. In addition to the murder, the case is so fascinating because as James Elroy once said, the case explores the larger fields of politics, crime, corruption, paranoia in post-war Los Angeles. But first, we're going to look at who the Black Dahlia was. The name Black Dahlia is a noir film-inspired movies incredibly popular in the time of the killing. Postmanto of Elizabeth Short. The lurid term may have originated from murder mystery The Blue Dahlia, released in April 1946. She acquired the name, no, posthumously. Elizabeth was an aspiring actress who was found murdered in Limerick Park area of Los Angeles, California. Her case became profoundly broadcasted by the radio and other mediums due to the explicit nature of the scandal. Her body had been mutilated and bisected at the waist. Short's unsolved murder and the circumstances enveloping it have had enduring cultural romance producing several theories on the culprit. More than 150 suspects were apprehended and questioned, among them many Hollywood celebrities. None of the investigations yield any results. Elizabeth Short was born on July 29, 1924, in the Hyde Park section of Boston, Massachusetts. She was the third of five children. At around 1927, the Short family moved to Portland, Maine, before finally settling in Medford, Massachusetts. Short's fathers constructed miniature golf courses until the 1929 stock market crash. After that crisis, the man lost everything and the family went broke. 
1930, her father's automobile was found deserted on the Charleston Bridge. The man committed suicide by plunging into the Charles River. Short's mother relocated with her five daughters into a tiny apartment in Midford and started to work as a bookkeeper. Elizabeth, meanwhile, was troubled with severe asthma attacks and bronchitis. At 15, she underwent lung surgery. The doctors advised the family to relocate to warmer climates. So the family moved to Florida. In late 1942, the family got a huge shock. The dad was alive. The man was never committed suicide. A letter by the fella revealed that he had started a new life in California. In December, at age 18, Short dropped out of school and decided to move in with her father in Vallejo. It was a short-lived apartment. By 1943, she had moved out and had started working near the Mare Island Naval Shipyard on San Francisco Bay. Elizabeth had a wild streak and seemed to constantly get into trouble. She was arrested for underage drinking at a local bar, and the authorities shipped her back home. Back in Florida, Elizabeth met Major Michael Gordon Jr., a decorated Army Air Force officer at the 2nd Air Commando Group. He was training for deployment to the China-Burma-India Theater of Operations of World War II. They both fell in love and were going to get married. However, Gordon didn't make it back from the war. The man's plane crashed on August 10, 1945, a week before the surrender of J Japan ended the war. Distraught, Elizabeth returned to California. She spent the last six months of her life in Southern California, mostly in Los, the Los Angeles area. She had been work, she had been working as a waitress, and re, and rented a room behind the Florentine Gardens nightclub on Hollywood Boulevard. And now on to the murder. By this time, the Black Dahlia was five five, weighed one hundred and fifteen pounds, and had light blue eyes, brown hair and badly decayed teeth. On January 9th, 1947, Elizabeth came back to her flat after a brief trip to San Diego with Robert Manley, a 25-year-old married solicitor she had been dating. Manley later stated that he had left Short off at the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, where Short was to meet her sister. The staff recalled Short, and along with Manley's description of the events, their eyewitness accounts validated his statement Statements and innocence. Short was to never be seen again alive. And now on to the discovery. But right now we'd like to thank our sponsors. Um, Hunt a Killer for sponsoring this episode. You can visit huntakiller.com and use the promo code TCNS for 20% off your first um, box. Hunt a Killer is an immersive murder mystery game. Kind of like an escape room. It takes place over six episodes, and, or episodes or boxes, however you want to look at it, and you solve the crime going through each episode. Each box, box contains uh, witness statements, um, autopsy reports, and other clues to get you one step closer to capturing the killer. And in the final box, you will be able to find out who the murderer really is. So check them out today at huntakiller.com, and don't forget to use the promo code TCNS for 20% off that first box. And also, we'd like to thank Poddex for sponsoring this episode. Visit poddex.com, and also use the code TCNS for 10% off your first purchase. 
Poddex is a unique tool to help grow your podcast, engage your listeners, and create content that will attract even more viewers. You shuffle up the deck, pull out a card, let the content roll. Check them out today at poddex.com and use promo code TCNS for 10% off your purchase. And now on to the rest of the episode. On the morning of January 15th, 1947, excuse me, the Black Dahlia's naked body was discovered split into two pieces on a deserted lot on the west side of South Norton Avenue, midway between Coliseum Street and West 39th Street. The gruesome scene was uncovered by resident Betty Bersinger at about 10 a.m. while walking with her three-year-old daughter. She originally assumed she had spotted an abandoned store mannequin. The Black Dahlia's rigorously mangled body was split at the waist and drained of blood, leaving her skin a pallid white. She had been dead for around 10 hours. The corpse had been vigorously cleaned and bleached by the killer. A short profile had been cut from the corners of her mouth to her ears. The effect is known as the Glasgow smile. The Black Dahlia also had numerous cuts on her thighs and breasts. Entire portions of her skin had been cut off. The lower half of her body was placed a foot away from the upper, and her intestines tucked beneath her buttocks. The carcass was posed. Before the police managed to close the scene, passerby and reported manages to take several photos of the crime in body. Los Angeles Herald Express reporter Aggie Underwood's photo garnered national attention. Finally, as if everything else wasn't ghastly enough, a cement sack overflowing watery blood was also found nearby. And now let's take a look at the reported autopsy. An autopsy of Short's body was performed on January 16, 1947 by Frederick Newbar, the Los Angeles County coroner. According to the official report, Short had ligature marks on her ankles, wrists, and neck, and an irregular laceration with superficial tissue loss on her right breast. The body had been sliced in two by a technique taught in the 1930s called a hemocorpectomy. Probably can't say that right. The report also noted very little bruising along the incision line, suggesting it had been performed after death. The cuts on each side of the face were measured at 3 inches on the right side of the face and 2.5 inches on the left. The skull was not fractured. The cause of death was written up as hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face and the shock from blows to the head and face. Newbar, Newbar also noted that Elizabeth had been raped. Reporters from William Randolph Hearst, Los Angeles Examiner, contacted her mother immediately after the Black Dahlia had been positively identified. They told her mother in Boston her daughter had won a beauty contest. After they had pried as much personal information as they could, the reporters revealed that Elizabeth had been murdered. The Hearst offered to pay her airfare and lodging if she would travel to Los Angeles to help with the police investigation. And once she arrived, did everything within his power to keep her away from police and other reporters to protect his scoop. The, the media nicknamed Elizabeth the Black Dahlia and oftentimes described her as an adventuress who prowled Hollywood Boulevard. Additional unverified newspaper reports even went as far as to insinuate that Elizabeth was a call girl. <laughs> 
the Los Angeles Times on January 17th, deemed the murder a sex fiend slaying. And now we're going to take a look at some of the possible culprits. A few crime authors, as well as Cleveland detective Peter Merlo, have linked Short's murder to those per- perpetrated by the Cleveland torso murders between 1934 and 1938. And if you want to hear more about the Cleveland torso murders, I can leave a link in the description, or you can hit the little icon up top. In 1980, new evidence implicating a former torso murder suspect, Jack Anderson Wilson, was looked into by Detective St. John concerning Short's murder. The detective claimed he was close to arresting Wilson for Short's murder. However, Wilson died in a fire on February 4, 1982. Elliot Ness biographer Oscar Fraley suggested Ness knew the identity of the killer responsible for both cases. And then on February 10, 1947, the killing of Jean French in Los Angeles was also linked up by the media and detectives as possibly being connected to Short's killing. French's body was discovered in West Los Angeles on Grandview Boulevard, nude and badly beaten. On her stomach and lipstick was, quote, blank UBD and the letters TEX below. Some speculated that the BD stood for Black Dahlia. Crime authors like Steve Hodel and William Rasmussen have suggested a connection between the Black Dahlia murder and the 1946 murder and dismemberment of six-year-old Suzanne Degnan in Chicago, Illinois. Captain Donahoe believes that the Black Dahlia and the Chicago Lipstick murders could have been performed by the same serial killer. In 1991, Janice Knowlton, a woman who was 10 at the time of Short's murder, told the press that she witnessed her father, George Knowlton, beat Short to death with a claw hammer. To this day, the murder case of the Black Dahlia remains open. And that's all we have for today's episode. Leave your comments in the comment section below. Let us know. What do you think about this case? Who do you think did it? And do you believe it will ever be solved? And join us next week as we tackle another unsolved murder. And if you like the content we deliver you every week, uh, hit that like button. And please think about hitting that subscribe button. And then hit the bell icon to be notified of upcoming videos. And you can follow us as always, on Twitter at TrueCrimeNS and on Instagram at TrueCrimeNeverSleepsPodcast. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at TrueCrimeNS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash true crime never sleeps slash message. Tune in next week for an all new episode. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. 
absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.